going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Teeth. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Tomorrow, the day after this episode comes out on New Year's Eve, it is our four-year anniversary. I cannot believe it. Our four-year anniversary of having this show. Yeah. It is crazy. We launched Going West on December 31st of 2018. It has been such a great ride. Thank you so much to everybody who has been listening since the beginning or people who just jumped in in the middle or people who just jumped in last week. We love you guys so much and we're so excited to keep the show going. So thank you, everybody. And thank you so much to Jessica for recommending today's case. I also want to let everybody know we just released a brand new Patreon bonus episode. It's our longest bonus episode yet, ad-free, at an hour and seven minutes. It's on the murder of Sophie Tuscan Duplantier in Ireland. That is such a crazy case. I think that's one of my favorite cases that I have researched in the entire the entirety of our show. But it is called A Murder in West Cork. And we have 80 bonus episodes that you guys can listen to. That is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. So if you're looking to get some extra episodes of Going West, head on over to our Patreon, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Going West Podcast. And for our Justice Soldier tier, we're actually going to be doing listener tales. So that one's going to be really crazy. We're going to get to hear some stories from our listeners. Yeah, they're going to be spooky. That's our anniversary episode, so we're super excited. We've never done that before, but um, remember, if you are a patron, send those in today, and thank you guys. All right, guys, this is episode 266 of Going West, so let's get into it. of 2018, a 25-year-old man in Indiana was kicked out of a bar for acting strangely. And after being seen on surveillance footage walking in the direction of his home, he disappeared. To this day, what happened to him remains an unsettling mystery. This is the story of Kevin Nguyen. I just want to start off by saying that people on the news, people everywhere pronounce Kevin's last name differently. I know it as Win, but a lot of people say Nujin, people say Nguyen, people say Nguyen. I think it's either Win or Nguyen, but I just want to say that it's it's unclear specifically how Kevin's family pronounced it. So Kevin was born on October 4th, 1993, and not much has been made public about his early life. But according to his Facebook, he is from Utica, New York. And he actually has a different last name than his mom, dad, and siblings. So it appears that he may have had a different birth father, probably from a previous relationship of his mom's. But I've seen a lot of interviews of his other dad, Lance Yankee, and he cares for Kevin such a great deal. So at some point, Kevin and his mom, Sandy, relocated to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And that is when Sandy married Lance Yankee and had Kevin's two younger siblings, Xavier and Leanne Yankee. 
Now, Fort Wayne is a city in northeast Indiana, close to the border of Ohio. And according to news reports, rival gangs in the area forced an uptick in crime in the city very recently, especially involving guns. Kevin attended R. Nelson Snyder High School and went on to attend Ivy Tech Community College, pursuing a degree in computer graphics. Kevin had a passion for anime and gaming, and his Facebook is littered with memes, clips, and references to shows and games that he loved. He also had a notoriously sarcastic sense of humor. And according to one poster on his Facebook group, he also loved pranks and specifically playing pranks on his family. Sounds like me. Yeah, totally. There were apparently particular instances in which he like encased a bar of soap in clear nail polish and another where he covered the toilet seats with plastic wrap. So he was always trying to have fun like that with his family. On the evening of December 8th, 2018, 25-year-old Kevin was out for the night at a local bar in downtown Fort Wayne. Now, it's unclear if he was out with friends or just by himself. The bar, The Brass Rail, at 1121 Broadway Street, is a dive bar known for its live music, and it's been open for about 60 years. The timeline of the evening is pretty messy, but it seems as if he was there for a few hours and then had gotten pretty drunk. Around 12.40 a.m. on the early morning of Sunday, December 9th, bouncers and bar staff reportedly kicked him out of the bar. According to some articles, he had been, quote, acting strangely and perhaps had too much to drink. In other accounts, he was said to have been bothering some women at the bar, although these claims are all speculation as far as the public knows. His dad, Lance, claims that he was simply told by a source that Kevin had been, quote, messing with girls. Whatever that means. Yeah, we don't know what that means. Some reports even claim that he was involved in a physical altercation with another patron. Now, Kevin's family believes the staff knows exactly what happened and also who was involved. But the brass rail has been less than helpful in giving them a clear picture of what really happened that night. After paying his tab and exiting the bar, Kevin walked to a nearby food truck Big Apple Pizza and purchased a slice of pizza around 1 a.m. And this is basically when the timeline falls apart. Although he had been kicked out of the brass rail already, some accounts claim that he exited and re-entered as many as four times. While this may have been before he was kicked out of the bar, it leaves almost two hours of his night unaccounted for. And that's a lot of time. Yeah. So Kevin texted his sister Leanne around 2.30 a.m., asking to be picked up. And the next time he was seen was at 2.42 a.m., so about 12 minutes later, on the security camera at the Arby's around the corner on Jefferson Boulevard, just a three-minute walk from the brass rail. The Arby's was the direction of, or it was in the direction of the Yankees' house, so it seemed as if Kevin was trying to get himself home. The temperatures that evening were below freezing, so not the kind of night where you want to be walking outside. But like I said, it seemed like he was really just trying to get home. So Kevin's mom, Sandy Yankee, arrived a short while later to pick Kevin up from this area, but he was nowhere to be found. Sandy returned home without him, but she and Lance just tried to stay calm, and Lance remembered later, quote, my wife had called and said that Kevin didn't return from going out the night before from Saturday night, and we just thought, well, maybe he's passed out in his car somewhere. 
Simple, easy peasy. By the end of the day, on that day, there were still no answers. He's not answering his phone, not answering nothing. At Lance's suggestion to see if, you know, perhaps Kevin had left on his own volition, Kevin's grandma, Dee Campbell, texted him and asked him what he wanted for Christmas, just hoping that this would prompt some kind of response. But his family still didn't hear from him. So at this point, they feared the worst. And his grandma, Dee, said, quote, he wasn't the type that just didn't come home. Now, two days after the Yankee family last heard from Kevin, they filed a missing persons report with the Fort Wayne police. But Lance was critical of the investigation from the start, claiming that because Kevin was an adult, they didn't seem to take it very seriously. He said, quote, can't find him, can't track him, nothing. I told her, Sandy, to call the police and get a missing persons report going. But that sort of went to no avail because he was an adult. So they kind of don't treat it like they normally should. Yeah, remember, Kevin is 25 years old. Lance also remembers that it took police a week to go to the brass rail and start asking questions, investigating employees, and also looking around. He wished that the brass rail themselves had called police because then his son would have been in their custody and not left to fend for himself. He said, quote, that is the biggest pet peeve, that they wouldn't say nothing. They wouldn't call the police, they wouldn't. And they waited for all of this to happen to say, okay, we'll say something to the police after the holidays. I'm glad they were doing their holidays. They enjoy their holidays every year, but I don't. My wife doesn't. It's a hard period. Lance's family picked up the slack where they felt the police had fallen short and began their own investigation. Kevin's uncle told Lance that he would be searching until Kevin was found telling a reporter, quote, I can't eat, I can't sleep. It's family, they're missing. It's hurtful, you're worried. We know some things that went on since the night that he left the brass rail and we can't find him. And I'm looking vigorously with the rest of my family. I feel that there's been foul play. I feel that this should be a murder investigation. I mean now, I want the prosecutor's office now to pursue this. They just need to look at other evidence. It is really suspicious that the bar didn't get involved. And, you know, you could always say, oh, well, they didn't know that something bad happened. And that's why they didn't reach out. And they're just trying to not get in trouble for other things or whatever. But it definitely is weird, especially considering the family feels like they know more than they're leading on. And this just makes you think that maybe they're hiding something. Yeah, and I mean, another shitty part about this investigation is that it did take police so long to even go to the bar. Like, I understand that a lot of states have that rule where it's like you have to wait 24 hours before you can officially report someone missing. But in this case, they waited an entire week to go to that bar where he was last seen. Yeah, they were not pushing for this at all. So with immediate suspicions of foul play, some Fort Wayne residents took it upon themselves to kind of fan the flames and posit their own theories as if they were facts. One local who is also a known con man and has been accused of sexually harassing multiple women posted an update on Facebook regarding Kevin's case on December 20th, 2018. So about two weeks later. Embellishing the rumors that he heard about what had happened at the bar that night, he wrote, quote, 
Kevin was a customer of Fort Wayne's Brass Rail on Sunday, December 9th, and according to others, he was roughed up pretty bad there. A public search has been organized for him at 2 p.m. Sunday, starting at Lakeside Park. Anyone with information on Kevin's whereabouts is asked to call police. Today, and 12 days later, owner Corey Rader still refuses to make public the video of the bouncer beating him, nor explain why police weren't called, nor explain what happened. Corey has given footage of outside to police, but refuses to share the roughed up that happened inside or respond to the family. Multiple phone calls by Indiana News 1, Wayne TV, and Indianapolis Star are not returned by Raider. The company has removed requests for comment from their Facebook page, but did find time to post today that they had a bad Santa photo shoot. End quote. So despite masquerading as, you know, a concerned citizen, the post kind of came off as misinformed and maybe self-indulgent. And this account only contributed to the confusion in the early days of the case. So the Yankee family actually asked that he kind of step back and no longer involve himself in Kevin's disappearance. The same day that that post was made, Thursday, December 20th, 11 days after Kevin's disappearance, a concerned citizen canvassing the area around the brass rail looking for clues found something that would lead many to believe that foul play should be suspected here. Kevin's broken glasses were recovered in the parking lot of the bar. Unfortunately, this discovery brought only questions, no answers, and there was still no word from Kevin. I mean, that's a pretty concerning thing to find. I mean, in most photos, he is not wearing glasses, but still, these are his, and they're broken, and they're on the floor of a parking lot. Yeah, and also, this is 10 days later, essentially. So, on December 23rd, 2018, about 150 volunteers gathered at the Lakeside Park in Fort Wayne to search for Kevin on foot. One volunteer said, quote, Everybody is going in different areas of the city to see if we can possibly find Kevin or maybe get some information about where Kevin may be. And complicating things were the three major rivers that were running through Fort Wayne. The Maumee, the St. Joseph, and the St. Mary's. Now, these rivers, which converge in downtown Fort Wayne, a short distance from where Kevin was last seen, are frequented by locals enjoying water sports, which include, like, boating, kayaking, and paddleboarding. With a depth of up to 10 feet, there are accidental drownings each year, but it would also be a convenient place to dispose of a body. The St. Mary's River in particular is less than a mile, or just over a kilometer, from the Brass Rail. The search took Kevin's friends and family to the banks of the river, as well as around the vicinity of the bar, and the Arby's where he was last seen, but unfortunately, they found nothing. Police also searched abandoned buildings in the area and the outskirts of town, as well as searching the rivers themselves and the area around the bar. But when they obtained security camera footage from the Arby's, they noticed a few suspicious details. Kevin was actually captured on security cameras twice, once earlier in the evening, and then again, the last time he was seen, like I said earlier, at 2.42 a.m. The first time, he had the hood from his sweatshirt pulled up over his head. Remember, it was so cold outside. And the second time, he was without his glasses, and he was, according to police accounts, stumbling slightly. 
a few theories circulated about this. So the bartenders, angry at his behavior, may have followed him out of the bar and retaliated against him. Or if he was, in fact, bothering some women inside, maybe the group they were with, like angry boyfriends or brothers or friends, etc., took it upon themselves to kind of settle the score with Kevin. But again, we don't even know if anything happened with any women last night or that night, and if so, what it was. But he also may have stumbled off by himself and fallen to his death, or maybe someone came after him later that night as he attempted to walk home. Maybe he even left the area instead of waiting for his ride because he was afraid of what was going to happen to him. In addition to the police efforts, Lance, remember Kevin's dad, says that he searched all of Fort Wayne and a 20-mile radius around the city to no avail. And with no new information or discoveries after Kevin's glasses and the Arby's security camera footage, Lance says the police have all but given up. He claims that the Yankee family's last contact with police was a phone call about a year after Kevin disappeared. In his words, quote, 2019, I think it was. That's it. But thanks to two prominent Facebook groups, Help Bring Kevin Nguyen Home and Finding Kevin Nguyen, as well as podcasts, TikToks, and the true crime forums like Reddit, Lance says that the case remains alive. He said, quote, Every day, it seems like I get a message across Facebook, whether it's private or on his page, of little information here or there saying, hey, go look at this place, or I'm hearing through the grapevine that go look over at this place. And we have a little group that I'm with that go and search these certain areas. With Kevin missing for over four years now, the family hopes for closure more than anything else. Lance believes that a few select people, likely connected to the brass rail, know what happened to Kevin that night, but are protecting the person or people who hurt and potentially killed Kevin. Lance said, quote, Somebody knows, but no one wants to snitch on their friends. They have to look into their heart and literally say, this wasn't right what happened. What you did or what they did to this person or the other person, it needs to be corrected. Kevin's grandma Dee agrees, and like multiple other members of the Yankee family, has taken it upon herself to conduct her own searches, saying, quote, I feel like we're doing the legwork for this investigation. He didn't just vanish. This is not sci-fi. And I love that quote. I love the way that she put that, that it's not sci-fi. Like, he wasn't just beamed into the sky. Like, he is somewhere, something happened to him, and they're just trying to figure out what that thing is. Exactly. So she has even walked the exact path that her grandson took between the brass rail and the Arby's in the dark to see if she notices anything that others may have missed and to just try to put herself in Kevin's shoes. She has also interviewed multiple employees of the Arby's where Kevin was last seen and the Phillips 66 gas station, which is on the same block as the Arby's. Dee, his grandma, continues to hang posters around the city to raise awareness and encourage someone to come forward. Last year, Dee said, quote, Once we find Kevin, then we can find an answer, at least if there was abuse that made its way to the bones. I've reached the point finally that when I say those words, I don't cry. Because if my grandson was still with us, unless he's incapacitated with drugs or kept hostage, Kevin would come home.
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medications that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, just visit Juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volix XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment, no maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volix XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Looking to save on delivery? DashPass is your door to $0 delivery fees and more on DoorDash. And right now, using code GOINGWEST24, you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Daphne and I use DoorDash constantly to order lunch or dinner or even groceries. And that's why we love using our DashPass, because it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered right to your door. I mean, come on. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. And that's why we use it so often. And it also gives you special access to exclusive promotions and member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash. Use code GOINGWEST24 to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
While Kevin's family fears the worst, there's not been any concrete evidence to point to foul play. And the Yankees still have hope that they may find Kevin alive. Just over a year ago, in November of 2021, they hosted a memorial walk between the Brass Rail and the Arby's to raise awareness for Kevin's case, which included standing outside the bar, holding up signs that said, quote, we won't stop looking, and Kevin's still missing. The Yankee family also teamed up with a group called JAVA, or Justice, Accountability, and Victim Advocacy, which according to their website, quote, advocates for crime victims and their families, offering support, linking them to community resources, and assisting them with understanding and navigating the legal system as they push forward on their quest for justice, accountability, and healing. A representative for Java told a local news outlet, quote, Walks like this, I think, represent just collectively people coming together. It might not be your family that's been impacted by either a homicide or missing person or an overdose death, but just getting the awareness out there. Fort Wayne is a large and small city at the same time. Something happened to him. The establishment where he was at, there were a lot of people there that night. Of course, rumors and tips continue to circulate Fort Wayne, which is a relatively small city of 265,000 people. So that, I mean, that is a lot of people. It's not a small town, but not as big as a lot of major cities. So the Yankee family remains sure that the Brass Rail and its employees are connected to the disappearance and possible murder of Kevin. Lance said candidly, quote, I'm at the point where I don't care who did it or what happened to him. Tell me where he is. I'll go mess up the crime scene. I don't give a crap, you know? That way we just get him home, whatever it may be. That way no one gets in trouble. I don't care. I'm at that point. Just where's my son? There are plenty of theories in the comment sections of YouTube videos about the case. Lots of Kevin Reddit posts and two Facebook groups that Heath mentioned earlier. Theories range from retaliation to a serial killer plaguing the area and everything in between. Some suggest that it was a hate crime, you know, maybe an act of racism against Kevin's Vietnamese heritage. But many, including Kevin's family themselves, blame the bar itself. In fact, a comment on a YouTube clip of Kevin's story on a Fort Wayne news station read, that bar, the Brass Rail, they overserve people and bad things happen all the time there. My friend Nate was killed in front of the bar because he was hit by a drunk driver. Oh, geez. Yeah, but I'm sure he was stumbling in the street as well. If you order a drink from there, it is a glass full of straight liquor. My friend went there with his girlfriend and someone bought her a drink. But my friend ended up drinking it and it was drugged. I hate that bar with all my being. I hope it is shut down or something bad happens to it. I got kicked out of there once in 2008 too because I stepped too far past the bar. The bartender followed me out and acted like he was going to fight me. So it just sounds like this is a really problematic place, especially when there's alcohol involved. And of course, you know, we know what a lot of people feel about this bar now. Yeah, and I think that comment is interesting in itself, just saying this guy is saying that his friend was killed outside the bar by a drunk driver. So 
you know, does this mean that maybe Kevin could have been? Because this happens in some cases as well, where somebody could have hit Kevin and they killed him by accident and then they had to cover it up. Yeah, but we did see him at 2.42 a.m. by the Arby's. So Right, right. Sorry. I just mean like if when he was walking home in general. Oh, yeah. Like, is that a possibility too? Sure. And, you know, the hardest thing about like comments on different threads and stuff like that is how much validity do they actually have? Like, how much truth do they actually hold? I mean, maybe this person that's commenting has a vendetta against the bar or possibly what they're saying is the truth. And this bar is very problematic. We just don't know. But we will say that signs kind of seem to point to involvement from either the employees of the brass rail or regular patrons of the bar whom perhaps the employees were covering for. Many comments in the Google reviews say that there are many local regulars who receive preferential treatment. And even more comments state that the bartenders can be hostile and rude. About a week before Christmas 2022, the Yankee family held a small vigil for Kevin to mark four years since his disappearance. They said a prayer for his safe return, and then Lance spoke to the group to answer questions and give out what few updates they had. He revealed that someone at the brass rail had actually taken out a restraining order against him to prevent him from speaking out against the bar and blaming them for what happened to his son. He explained, quote, a lot of you that follow my page understand that I had a restraining order put against me over the podcast and over anything that we put out on that page concerning anybody at the bar or the associates. It boiled down to they really wanted me to delete everything off my page and off of Kevin's page. Any text messages, anything on my computer had to be taken down. Well, I can't post anything. Who did what? What was said? I'm just an admin on the page. But nothing's changed. We still get information. People point us in directions. They concluded the evening by releasing 29 balloons for the age that Kevin would be now in his memory. Lance explained that they were willing to try anything to locate his son, and that a number of psychics and mediums have done readings on Kevin, posting them on YouTube. The most viewed reading claimed that she thought he was deceased, and while this was of course devastating news, Lance praised the psychic for knowing things that nobody knows. Lance refused to let the restraining order deter him from his quest to find Kevin posting on his Facebook group, quote, four years ago, you opened your mouth about that night in the bar and said things about my son, whether they are true or not, and yet you refuse to seek out the police due to the holidays. Well, let's just say it's been four years and we still haven't seen our son. Well, all along, you enjoy every damn minute of yours. Then to top it off, you try and put a restraining order on me and to shut down the one site that can help bring some closure to us all. How do you and the ones that know what happened inside the bar actually sleep at night with all the voices letting you know what is wrong? Gloves are off and I'm bringing karma with me. A few people pointed to similar disappearances and deaths in the area, insinuating that they may be connected. Between 2018, when Kevin disappeared, and 2022, multiple bodies were pulled from the three rivers that converge in downtown Fort Wayne. I don't know what it is with young men leaving bars and falling into rivers, but there are so many cases like this. There are a lot of cases like that. Like we were just talking about Jesse, uh, Ross. 
I mean, we weren't just talking about him, but we we have talked about his case in the past. We covered it. We covered it on this <laughs> show, yeah. But we have talked about many cases like that on this show. Yeah, I mean, and obviously there are also a lot of cases like Kevin's that we're talking about, like Jesse. We don't know that he fell in the river. They actually don't think that he did. And then we have like Brian Schaefer, for example. And even a few months ago in October, we covered the smiley face killer where every single case that we discussed under that umbrella right. is uh, a young man who fell into a river or was put into a river so this kind of correlation is really eerie to me because of how often you see it and actually speaking of that one body was found less than three months before kevin went missing in fort wayne in september of 2018 some were ruled as accidents including the body of a kayaker police believe capsized and drowned in the current and one was ruled a suicide but in some cases Foul play is actually suspected. But sadly, you know, answers are not always found in these cases. It's entirely possible that these cases are connected, like some suggest, or like many suspect, he was killed in an altercation, potentially with someone at the brass rail and discarded in a nearby river. But it's also possible that Kevin slipped and fell into the river, having been drinking and missing his glasses and drowned by accident. The comments on Reddit pose all kinds of theories and reasons why the poster believes them. One comment thread claims that Kevin walked into the woman's bathroom at the brass rail that night. Whether this was on purpose or accidentally because he had been drinking is really unclear, but some believe that this started his problems at the bar. And a strange twist came in Kevin's case when another disappearance befell the Fort Wayne community, and the victim happened to have the same last name. 55-year-old Shane Nguyen disappeared on April 23, 2021, and was reported missing by his wife of 25 years, Thuy. Shane immigrated to the U.S. from Vietnam as a teenager and attended high school and college in Philadelphia, and then he met and married his wife, Thuy, in California before settling in Fort Wayne and having two sons. And actually, Shane and his wife owned and operated a food truck in the area for over 20 years. On that fateful day in April, Shane had actually offered a ride to a young homeless man, a 21-year-old named Matthew Kramer, who was living in a storage unit at the time. Matthew brutally beat, murdered, and dismembered Shane, and the body was found by officers in garbage bags in the back of his own car, which is so brutal. Horrific. Matthew was found guilty of this horrific slang, and he was sentenced to life in prison. But of course, because of the coincidence of the matching last name, which, I mean, it's a fairly common last name, but still, many have connected the two cases and even speculated that they may be related, that they may even be anti-Asian American hate crimes, or that Matthew Kramer killed Kevin as well as Shane. I don't know. I mean, I, I truly feel like that might be a bit of a stretch. I agree. I mean, obviously this guy, um, Matthew, is very dangerous and violent, but it, it, they seem like two very different situations. But I'm just bringing it up because a lot of people do connect them. But obviously me and Heath do not think so. But some accounts said that Shane and Kevin were related, which Kevin's family has confirmed is not true. Because shortly after Shane's murder, Kevin's sister Leanne posted, quote, Please understand that Kevin Nguyen, my brother, and Shane Nguyen are not related. That being said, please pray for the family of Shane Nguyen and the Vietnamese community. Keep them in your thoughts. 
My family have been getting messages about this and just would like to clear the air. Everyone stay safe, please, and hold your loved ones close. Now, like I said, you know, um, Nguyen is a very popular, or Win, like a lot of people say, is um, a very common name, but it's actually the most common Vietnamese surname with as many as 40% of the population of Vietnam sharing it. And it is also the 38th most common last name in the United States. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... So it's common. <laughs> uh, you know, in out of 265,000 people in one city, there's yeah. bound to be a few... Nguyen's. Exactly. So, I mean, I do understand why people, you know, all these armchair detectives are kind of getting their their thinking hats on and they're kind of trying to speculate and come up with stuff. I get that, but that is not true here. Yeah, and I, I mean, I totally get that. I understand that people really want to help and that sometimes speculation can be good, but other times, you know, you're just making connections that really aren't there. And so the search for Kevin continues. The Facebook group run by his family, Help Bring Kevin Nguyen Home, remains active with information and posts from his family, friends, and members of the Fort Wayne community. His sister posted in his memory and also hinted that someone in that very Facebook group was responsible for the disappearance of her brother, saying, quote, We used to be so happy together. I know someone in this group took away my brother. I don't ever wish anything upon people but I really hope God punishes you hard. You broke my family's hearts when you took him away, and now you're being a coward and not coming forward. And to those who know what happened to my brother, God will punish you as well, and one day it will catch up to you. You broke a great family, and you're an awful person for doing so. Thank you to all those who pray for my family. Lance echoed this sentiment writing on Christmas morning of 2022, quote, I hope those of you that took our son enjoyed looking at your loved ones on that holiday morning, hoping someday we will enjoy that same feeling. Prayer vigils and walks to spread awareness of Kevin's case are still happening every year, and his family is still optimistic that answers will be found. In the most recent vigil, Lance started by saying that it didn't matter how old his children were, that they were still his babies. His wife, Sandy, and Kevin's mom responded by saying, quote, Hug them, love them. Children, sometimes they're a pain in the neck, but they're always your children. Despite very little movement or evidence in the disappearance of Kevin Nguyen, he is one of only two missing person cases in Indiana being investigated by the FBI's Violent Criminal Apprehension Program. Kevin Nguyen is about six feet tall with black hair and brown eyes. He weighs between 160 and 180 pounds, has small black gauges in both ears, and has a birthmark on his inner right thigh. At the time he went missing, he was wearing tan skinny jeans, a dark blue jacket, and black Vans brand tennis shoes. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Kevin Nguyen, please call Indiana Crime Stoppers at 260-436-7867 or the Fort Wayne Police Missing Persons Department at 260-427-1202. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. 
Yes, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And on Tuesday, we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. Thank you, everybody, for these four years of Going West. We are so grateful to have you and keep doing this show. We love it so much. We love all of you. Remember, if you are looking for more episodes, if you're all caught up, we have 80 full-length ad-free bonus episodes that we have not released on Going West. A lot of them are international on our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Going West Podcast. Subscribe. We just released the insane case of a murder in West Cork, and we're about to do a really fun Listener Tales episode of a bunch of spooky stories straight from you guys. So thank you, everybody. Check that out, and we'll see you next year. And also... Happy New Year, everybody. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.